Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Adam Schiff. Old Shifty Schiff. Adam Schiff, for brains, was censured yesterday by House Republicans over his false accusations about former President Donald Trump's supposed collusion with Russia, Russia, Russia during the 2016 presidential campaign. By the way, that is what Hank Johnson referred to it as. Hank Johnson, congressman from Georgia, who's afraid of Guam capsizing if we put too many troops on it. Remember, yeah, that Hank Johnson, he referred to it as Russia, 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 which tells me he listens to Sean Hannity. (laughs) Uh who was was out of Georgia for a long time, right? Okay. The motion passed along party lines 213 to 209. Six GOP lawmakers just voted present. Six other House members did not vote. And of the the batch that did not vote, there were three Republicans and three Democrats. Democrats then converged in the middle of the House chamber in an overly dramatic, because, of course, it's all about drama for Democrats, Chanting, shame, 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 and disgrace, as House Speaker Kevin McCarthy read the final votes. They did not care so much about any of these types of uh, these slaps on the wrists and such when, when they were meeting them out to, Demo- or to a Republicans, remember, when they were kicking them off of committees and stuff. Schiff told reporters that he was flattered that he could be considered so effective that Republicans felt the need to censure him. He's so dishonest. This is, I mean, it's so dishonest. Like, you think, you think that's why? It's because you were effective? I mean, if if by effective you mean, you know, leaking and lying to the American public for partisan advantage to destroy a political opponent? Okay, I, I guess you could count that. I mean, if you, yeah, you want to. You want to put that as a notch on the belt, something to put on the resume? I, I guess you can. He, in fact, he calls it a badge of honor. He says, I'm proud to have stood up to Trump and defended our democracy, and I will continue to do so no matter what they throw my way. But these are the authors of the big lie attacking you for telling the truth and history. No. The thing you need to keep in mind here is that Republicans are focusing on the origins of the Steele dossier, because the Steele dossier prompted Crossfire Hurricane. Okay? And what Democrats are talking about is the Trump Tower meeting, Donald Trump's joke of to the Russians, where he said, hey, everybody, you should leak those out to the media. They want to see Hillary's emails, right? The joke. And then, of course, the, the dumping of the WikiLeaks emails from John Podesta. Not Hillary, but John Podesta's emails, which he apparently gave some uh, fisher hacker, you know, that was one of those phishing hacks where you, you give up your password because he was like, oh, my gosh, there's new security protocols. I have to <laughs> I gotta reset my password. And he sends his password to the hacker who then takes over the account, takes all the info and and starts publishing it. Right. So they're talking about two different things. 
And in, in Democrats' minds, the Steele dossier, that never happened. They never talk about it. Right? It's never discussed. The Crossfire Hurricane uh, origins, the lying to the FISA courts, none of that was ever mentioned in any of the Democrats' questioning yesterday during this hearing. All they focused on was um, the Trump Tower meeting over Mag- the Magnitsky sanctions, right? Over, like, adoptions, whatever. There was that and the WikiLeaks hack and Trump's joke. That's what they kept focusing on as evidence of collusion. All right, so I'll get to that. Back to this censure. The California shift, the California lawmaker stood in the well of the chamber flanked by his fellow Democrats who cheered him on, chanting, Adam, Adam, Adam. These people are children. The Democratic lawmakers heckled McCarthy and their Republican colleagues as they converged around Mr. Schiff, creating a protective barrier in the well of the chamber. <laughs> like, my God, you all are theater kids. God, you're exhausting. And I say that as a former theater kid. It is just, just performative. Everything is just performative in optics. One Democratic lawmaker said, what goes around comes around. Uh, Yes, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene says hello. This is the second time in the past week that the privileged resolution condemning the California Democrat was brought by Representative Anna Paulina Luna, Florida Republican. The first attempt to censure him last week failed because too many Republicans disagreed with that version's fine. There was a $16 million fine as part of that resolution. So 20 Republicans voted no, along with the Democrats, and they tabled it. However, she then changed the language, removed the fine, and that got their support. And she said, this is not retribution. The GOP recently voted to refer one of our own to the Ethics Committee for investigation, and that would be George Santos, who I think he said, uh, afterwards, he says, I'm not even a member of the House. What are you talking about? I'm in the Senate. That's <laughs> Censure is a rare form of punishment in the House. Only two members have ever uh, been censured since, or no, sorry, they, only two have been censured since 2010. Do you, know, do you remember who they were? Oh, I should do this as a, uh, I should do this as a contest. So the, the only other people since 2010 to be censured by the House, Republican Paul Gosar of Arizona and Democrat Charlie Rangel of New York. The measure condemns and censures Mr. Schiff for spreading false accusations that the Trump campaign colluded with Russia and he perpetuated false allegations from the Steele dossier accusing numerous Trump associates of colluding with Russia into the congressional record. Right? He put it into the congressional record. The resolution says Mr. Schiff abused his power as a member of the House Permanent, uh, Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence and that he wielded that power against Trump's campaign and allies. He was, quote, abusing privileged access to classified information. Representative Schiff released a memo justifying the accuracy of the FISA warrant application on Carter Page. And by the way, Durham was asked about this yesterday during the hearing. And there was no way that Adam Schiff would not know that the FISA application was based on bunk. Because there was a meeting. 
And the information that came from that meeting was supposed to have been passed on, likely was passed on, we assume it was, that this was part of the Clinton plan to plant this story. And then the Steele dossier pops, and the people running the, uh, the investigation were never told about the Clinton plan, even though FBI knew about it, DOJ knew about it, the White House knew about it, and Schiff knew about it. They all knew it. And they, they lied and they promulgated this story for years. All right, so Adam Schiff got censured yesterday. No. But earlier, before he got censured, he was making his best case in front of his colleagues on the House Oversight Committee, which was hearing from John Durham. John Durham was the what special counsel, right? The guy he was uh, uh, charged with uh, investigating the origins of the Steele dossier. Here's how Ed Morrissey wrote up sort of the, the, the blockbuster here. What did, what did Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Loretta Lynch, and James Comey know about Russia collusion, and when did they know it? See, here's the thing. Democrats, as I mentioned earlier, Democrats have one idea. When you say Russian collusion, they have one idea, a series of events in their, in their minds that prove Russian collusion which was the, uh, the joke that Trump made, like, hey, Russia, you should hack Hillary's stuff. Then that he got that help, that he requested the help through the joke. He received it with the WikiLeaks dump of somebody else's emails, because they weren't hers. And that he made use of it, because he talked about it on the campaign trail. And then they, they, they obstructed uh, about the invitation or the meeting at Trump Tower. Right, which they you know they say that they talked about getting this information in their mind. All of that lines up to Trump colluding with Russia. Oh, and Paul Manafort, his former campaign manager, who gave polling data to a Russian intel officer, because Paul Manafort was crooked six ways till Sunday, to quote Chuck Schumer. Now, um, all of that in their mind says Trump was guilty of Russian collusion. So it's not a hoax. Republicans are talking about the Steele dossier. The Steele dossier was the thing that allowed the FBI to, to spy on the campaign. And, and from there, all of the abuses occurred, right? The abuses that we know that occurred, they, they flow from the Steele dossier. They don't flow from the Trump Tower meeting. So there's a fundamental disconnect when you hear these two camps talking about what was a hoax and what wasn't. But here's the deal. Jim Comey knew, knew that there was what's called the Clinton plan. I actually, hang on a second. Let me pull, where did I? <laughs> the Clinton plan. Here it is. Durham 14. Um, the Clinton plan, as explained by John Durham. Yes. Based on declassified documents in the, in the public record, there was intelligence information that um, was received uh, at virtually the same time that the information came from um, from the Australians. I mean, within a day or two, uh, that intelligence and included information that there was a uh, purported plan um, designed by um, one of Mrs. Clinton's foreign policy advisors uh, to create a scandal tying Donald Trump uh, to the Russians. That's the essence of the uh, intelligence as contained in the uh, declassified 
uh, information. Got that? They knew there was a plan to, to tie Trump to the Russians. And the reason why that plan was hatched was to distract, to deflect away from Hillary Clinton's server scandal about her emails. Because they were, the, the, remember, the FBI had looked at her and the servers, and at that point, you know, they were like wiping all of the servers, you know, like with a cloth, uh, bashing their Blackberries apart. You know, she got to sit for an interview and asked about all of this stuff with Cheryl Mills, her attorney, who also happened to be a co-conspirator in the smashing of the, the devices and the hiding of the devices, right? The playing fast and loose with classified information on unprotected servers that she then deleted all of the stuff so she couldn't be... Uh, uh, charged with anything. So all of that swirling around her, they needed something to deflect. They needed a whataboutism. And so they said, here's an idea. Trump's in bed with the Russians. And this, this also, remember, was part of the Alpha Bank lie that the Hillary Clinton campaign sold to the FBI as well and then leaked out. Because right, that's the other component here. And there was a brief mention of it for a bit about Michael Isakoff and the, uh, the story at Yahoo News that outed Carter Page as you know being a target. And the other part that's not ever really discussed here is the, the role the media played. Because none of this stuff works unless you have a channel to amplify the lie. And that's what they did. They worked through the media to plant stories. To propagandize to the American people, dare I say, influence an election. We'll take a listen to a bunch of this audio in a moment. Oh, hey, real quick, before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? I'm going to go ahead and play first off... um this is Representative Mike Johnson. He is a Republican out of uh, Louisiana. Uh, he says there was no proof or evidence of collusion when Crossfire Hurricane began based on the Steele dossier. To date, has any evidence of collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia ever been uncovered? I mean, there is, there is information, obviously, in the um, report that was prepared by Director Mueller uh, and whatnot. But as uh, to collusion or conspiracy... I'm not aware of any. And, and, when, and, and let me stop you. When the FBI opened Crossfire Hurricane, that's the issue at hand, it did not have any information that anyone in the Trump campaign had ever been in contact with Russian intelligence officials. Isn't that right? As we wrote in, as we wrote in the, um, uh, the report, we talked to the director of the CIA, the deputy director of the CIA, the director of NSA, um, uh, and people within the uh, FBI, and there was no such information that they had in their holdings at the time they opened Crossfire Hurricane. And, and you uh, detail, I'm going to go quickly here, I run out of time, you, you, and you detail how FBI personnel working on FISA applications uh, violated protocols, they were cavalier at best, as you said in your own words, towards accuracy and completeness. Um, senior FBI personnel displayed a serious lack of analytical rigor, 
uh, towards information that they received, especially information received from politically affiliated persons or entities. And you said, quote, a significant reliance on investigative leads provided or funded by Trump's political opponents were relied upon here. Hillary Clinton's campaign. They relied on oppo research, right? Then Adam Schiff tries to paint John Durham as a biased investigator. Mr. Durham, uh, DOJ policy provides that you don't speak about a pending investigation, uh, and yet you did, didn't you? Um, I'm not exactly sure what when, you're When the inspector general issued a report saying that the investigation was properly predicated, you spoke out in violation of Department of Justice, Department of Justice policy, to criticize the inspector general's conclusions, didn't you? I issued a public statement. I didn't do it anonymously. I didn't do it through third persons. Like Adam Schiff did. That's the thing. I mean, the, this guy has just no shame whatsoever, right? Accusing Durham of doing the thing that Schiff did for years and continues to do. There were, but nonetheless, you violated department policy by issuing a statement while your investigation was ongoing, didn't you? I don't know that. If I did, then I did, but I was not aware that I was violating some policy. Uh, and you also sought to get the inspector general to um, change his conclusion, did you not? When he was concluding that the investigation was properly predicated, did you privately seek to intervene to change that conclusion? This is outside the scope of the report, but if you want to go there, we asked the uh, inspector general to take a look at the intelligence that's included in the classified appendix that you looked at and um, said that that ought to affect um, portions of his report. And, and you thought it was appropriate for you to intervene with an independent investigation by the inspector general because he was reaching a conclusion you disagreed with. You thought that was appropriate. That's not, uh, the premise isn't right. The inspector general I'm, circulated a draft memo to a number of um, agencies and persons. Our group was one of them. We were asked to review that draft and bring to his attention any concerns that we had or disagreements. And when he refused to change his report, you violated Mr. Chairman, policy. I insist on regular order. Well, it's not even his time. It's, it's Ms. Lofgren's time. So the gentleman yields back to Ms. Lofgren, who's not here, so the time has expired. Yeah, Schiff, I mean... This was kind of par for the course for Schiff during this entire hearing yesterday. But you hear what he was trying to do? Did you catch that? He tried to insinuate that John Durham was applying pressure to Horowitz, the inspector general, during his investigation, that you're coming to the wrong conclusion. I disagree with it. You you can't write that. What Durham was doing was responding to Horowitz, who said, hey, here's what we have found. Going to run it past you guys. What do you all think? Give me your feedback. And so he did. And he's like, yeah, we got some of this stuff, classified stuff here. You might want to take a look at this classified stuff. And you heard him mention also that you were aware of. He says that to Schiff. See, because Schiff was one with the access to the classified information during all of these investigations. He's one of the, what is the gang of eight. He gets to see this stuff. He knew. And so when Durham was saying, hey, you want to look at this classified stuff that Schiff has seen, He wasn't trying to influence the outcome or pressure Horowitz or anything. Horowitz asked, do you have anything that you think I have looked over or might help me? And Durham says, yes, here, look at this stuff. But Schiff paints it as if it's some egregious, unethical violation, right? Here's Jim Jordan. Mr. Durham, in the summer of 2016, did our government receive intelligence that suggested Secretary Clinton had approved a plan to tie President Trump to Russia? Yes. Was that intelligence important enough 
for Director Brennan to go brief the President of the United States, the Vice President of the United States, the Attorney General of the United States, and the Director of the FBI? Yes. And was that intelligence put then into a memorandum, a referral memorandum? Yes. All right, let me stop right now. This is August 2016. There is a briefing. John Brennan from the CIA briefs Obama, Biden, Loretta Lynch, and Comey and says there's this Clinton plan that's going to paint Trump as a Russian puppet. They got this plan. They're cooking up some plan. These four people knew it. And then they're like, all right, put that into a memo. And they delivered it to Jim Comey. And Comey was supposed to give it to his investigators. No. And was that memorandum then given to Director Comey and Agent Strzok? That's who it was addressed to, yes. Did Director Comey share that memorandum with the FISA court? I'm, I'm sorry, can you... Did he share that memorandum with the FISA court? Did Director Comey do that? I'm not aware of that if he did. Did he share it with the, with the lawyers preparing the FISA application? Not to my knowledge. Did he share it with the agents on the case, working the Crossfire Hurricane case? No. Didn't share with the agents on the case. Can you tell the committee what happened when you took that referral memo and shared it with one of those agents, specifically Supervisory Special Agent Number One? We interviewed the uh, first supervisor of the um, Crossfire uh, investigation, um, the operational person. Uh, we showed him the intelligence um, information. Uh, he indicated he had never seen it before. Uh, he immediately became uh, emotional, uh, got up and left the room with his lawyer, um, spent some time in the hallway, came back. Um, he was ticked off, wasn't he? Yes. He was ticked off because this is something he should have had as an agent on the case. It's important information that the director of the FBI kept from the people doing the investigation. The information was kept from him. <coughs> That's a problem, don't you think? Hey, Clinton's got a plan to, to present Donald Trump as a puppet of Russia. And, oh, hey, you're now doing this investigation about how Trump is a puppet of Russia. Based on information from the Steele dossier that came actually from Danchenko, who relied on a guy named Charles Dolan, funded with the Fusion GPS money that was paid to them by Perkins Coie Law Firm that was retained by the Hillary Clinton campaign. Those are the dots, people. Those are the dots. Who's Charles Dolan? Oh, we'll get to that in a minute. Who is Charles Dolan indeed? All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. So who is Charles Dolan? In the Durham report, they identify the source for the infamous P-tape rumors. And it's a guy by the name of Charles Dolan. He's a PR expert who advised former President Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton's presidential campaigns. He visited the Ritz-Carlton 
in Moscow in 2016, shortly before the salacious rumor was released. It came from him. Charles Dolan uh, is a public uh, relations person here in uh, Washington, D.C. He had uh, prior involvement, professional involvement with the Russian government, representing Russian government interests. Oh. Uh, He was a person that was associated with Igor uh, Danchenko. Ah. Um, He was also buddies with the Clintons, wasn't he? Uh, he had um, held positions um, when uh, President Clinton was president. And their campaign advisory to Secretary Clinton's presidential campaign, executive director of the Democrat Governors Association, that's the same Charles Dolan we're talking about? Uh, yes. Yeah. And wasn't he also a key source for information in the dossier? He provided some information that was included in Ritz-Carlton the Ritz-Carlton yes. stuff, the Manafort stuff. In the Crossfire Hurricane investigation and the Mueller investigation, when the FBI interviewed Mr. Dolan, what did he have to say? Um, to my knowledge, they didn't interview Mr. Dolan. They didn't interview this guy? Source for the dossier? Key information in the dossier? Buddies with the Clintons? They didn't talk to him? No. I mean, we report on that because um, even Christopher Steele in October 2016 identified Dolan as somebody that might have information. The I find it interesting they didn't talk to him. What, there were, were there agents on the case who wanted to talk to Mr. Dolan, Mr. Durham? Yes. What happened to analyst number one? She kept pushing to talk to... Mr. Dolan, she was ultimately turned down. What happened to her the day that she was turned down and said, no, no, you're, we're not talking to Dolan? What happened to her? Um, at or about the same time, she was assigned to a different project. They moved her. They said, we can't have this. We can't have that. We can't be looking into the Clinton's buddy, a key source for the dossier. They reassigned her. And then what did she do? She memorialized it. She entered a memo to the file because she said, some point the inspector general is going to want to know this information. I'm going to make it sure it's recorded temp- contemporaneously. She put it in the file. That's, I mean, it's crazy. They didn't talk to the, the, to the key source. They kept key intelligence from the, the investigators. This is how bad this investigation was. But here's the scary part. I don't think anything has changed. The day your report came out, five weeks ago, May 15th, you got a letter Mr. Durham, addressed to you from the general counsel at the FBI, Mr. Jason Jones, writes you this six-page letter, and he says, not to worry, everything is fine. It's all been worked out at the FBI. He even says on page two, he says, had the reforms implemented by current FBI leadership, summarized below, been in place in 2016, failures detailed in your report never would have happened, and he underlines it said, this would never happen because of the reforms we implemented in 2019 and 2020. And then he says on page four, one of the specific reforms, he says, FBI executive management has instructed investigations should be run out of the field and not from the headquarters. That statement is not true. Five weeks ago, the FBI wrote you and said everything has changed when in fact it hasn't and a statement in there is absolutely false. And we know it's false because two weeks ago today, We interviewed Stephen D'Antuano, former head of the Washington field office, Mr. Durham, and here's what he said in his transcript. Head of the Washington field office, when the Trump classified document investigation began, he said, that case was handled differently than I would have expected it to be than any other cases handled. We learned a lot of stuff from Crossfire Hurricane that headquarters should not work the investigation. It's supposed to be the field offices. My concern is that the Department of Justice was not following these principles. Nothing is, and that's the thing that scares me the most. Nothing has changed. Mr. Durham, I'm just finished with this. 60% of Americans now believe there's a double standard at the Justice Department. You know why they believe that? Because there is. That has got to change. And I don't think more training, more rules is going to do it. I think we have to fundamentally change the FISA process and we have to use the appropriations process to limit 
how American tax dollars are spent at the Department of Justice. All right. So the FBI director, James Comey, withheld evidence that was pertinent to the FBI's investigation of Crossfire Hurricane, which resulted not just in errors made by the agents that were conducting the investigation, but that might have resulted in ending the investigation right at the very beginning. But then they never interviewed Charles Dolan because he was, I guess, too connected to Democrats, right? Brookings Institute. They never interviewed him, even though he was the source for the P-tape allegation, which was then spun into the FISA court application to spy on Carter Page. Like, oh, wait till you hear about Joseph Mifsud. Oh, yeah, this is fantastic. Wait till you hear about this.